We're going to be talking about the Beatitudes. Okay, Matthew 5 and 1, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It goes like this. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he, see, he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed or blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who, who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We're going to be talking about some powerful revelations through the Beatitudes. Get ready for this. It's going to be a great ride. And we are going to be talking about the Beatitudes, uh, specifically Saturn series entitled Sermon on the Mount. I know many of you, if not all of you, have already heard of this. This is so powerful, and I want to provide a context before we go on. The people that Jesus was preaching to were Jewish people, were religious people. So these are the people that have already, you know, Matawag natin may ara na silang religious pride or a sense of piety, meaning they would uh, they would have already finished many things in the you know nakakomplish nila in the sense of the law of Moses and of their religion. And so I said it before that when Jesus was on earth, he was still in the Old Testament. The New Testament started, the Bible says, upon the death of the testator. So as soon as Jesus died. His testament was empowered, okay? So, natagaan power ang mga words ang mga promises na ni Jesus as soon as He died, thus beginning the New Testament. But when Jesus was walking on earth, He was introducing, He was proclaiming the coming of the New Testament or the New Covenant or others may call it the Kingdom Theology or Kingdom Principle or Doctrine. That's why many times you Jesus, He... Uh, begins his message by saying this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or it is very close or change the way you think. Meaning, this kind of covenant, this kind of kingdom brings with it a specific kind of thinking. Hindi pwede ang old way of thinking. But really, if you ask me, I'm not, it's not written in the Bible, there's probably more that Jesus said, wala lang masulatanan and we all know that. And so these are probably the main points or the main highlights of the sermons that Jesus gave, and the people who were listening there, I guarantee you, it resonated with them, spoke to them. Some loved it. There are those who probably were offended with it. And the reason is, I'm going to show you in the next few minutes. But the Beatitudes are the most is the most recorded moment in the life of Jesus. In the book of Matthew alone, three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, just for these alone. No? Ang ending is in Matthew chapter 8, while there was a leper right there at the same place 
Kapanagunago lang siya. And when his opportunity came, he asked Jesus if he was willing to heal him. But for three chapters, there's not another subject or account in the Bible that has focused more chapters and more verses in the life of Jesus than when we talk about the Sermon on the Mount. So this is very significant indeed. Now, Jesus' message would have sounded to the Jews like he was against the law of Moses. So I'm creating this premise when he was preaching. Siguro ang dating sa ila, nagawali siya. Are you trying to uh, speak against Moses? Why is that, Pastor? Why did you think that way? Because when Jesus was introducing this message, even the Sermon on the Mount, he was saying a lot of things that probably we're probably thinking, oh, that's common. But if you understand the context behind the statements, then matagaan sang clarity kung ng reaction nila. In fact, in Matthew 5.17, same chapter, Matthew 5, kita mo, 5.1, same chapter, in the same instance, while he was preaching, he interjected this. Why do you think he interjected Matthew 5.17? Because probably, he saw them, he saw their reactions, he understood what they would have felt when he was preaching this, and so he said this, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. Now watch this. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. Most likely, ang mga tao kapamati siya because he was preaching some new powerful things. Ang ila religious bias nagaka-offend because of the way Jesus delivered this message itself. And so that's why in the middle of this, Jesus sort of justified himself and said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. Now, he need not to justify his statement with this if he was just completely going with what Moses was preaching. But watch this. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now listen to me, this is very important. Jesus was not going against the law. He's not trying to abolish the law. The intention here is for Jesus to show them the true need and intent of God for giving the law. The true heart of God was trying to be revealed by Jesus when He released this Message. Now, some people were probably no surprised when he preached that. Just imagine this. May mga moments. Masiling siya nga. Ginambalang kamu, do not commit adultery. Ang mga hudiyo, yeah, we believe that. That's in the Ten Commandments. But I say to you, if a man looks on a woman to lust after her, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So, mga tao, siguro gapamati. And they're like, whoa, really? Seriously? Amugali na? It's been told you, do not commit murder. Thou shalt not kill. Amen. We agree with that. Moses. But I tell you, if you hate your brother without a just cause, you have already committed murder in your heart. So, you know, what I believe Jesus was trying to do, and you've heard me preach this many, many times, was he was delivering this message and telling them, in a sense, if you think you are fulfilling the law, you're not. Because the true essence of the law is a lot more grand, a lot more vast, a lot more deep, a lot more intimate than what you have perceived in a very shallow sense. So, gina deliberate ni Jesus ini, hindi para nga sundo nila ang law, kundi para ma-realize nila nga hindi nila kaya. Now, just let me create this introduction first. The Sermon on the Mount is not merely a to-do list. It's more of a can't-do list. If you look at the heart of the message, what Jesus was actually doing was not telling them what you need to do. 
he was telling them what you can't do. Like when he said, if someone slaps you on one cheek, what should you do? Turn the other. Is that doable? I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, but don't you dare do that because, you know, sometimes I don't feel Holy Ghost filled. Jesus wanted, wanted them to move from performance to grace, to bring them to an end of themselves. Ang intention ni Jesus is not to give them more rules. The intention is to bring them to a realization that what you think you have, what you think you do, is not enough on its own merit. So he's moving them out of performance and into grace. Then how can we be saved? It is impossible. Which brings me to this point, and we'll go to their verse. The end of self is the beginning of God. Again, the end of self is the beginning of God. Until you get to an end of yourself, you cannot ever, ever step into the supernatural New Testament, New Covenant faith. You cannot gain points in heaven by doing things. The only way to accomplish that is to say to yourself, I can't do this. I need a Savior. Matthew 5 and 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven have you ever tried to unravel this passage definitely it's not talking about being financially poor because if that's the case then those only who have financial incapacity are allowed to experience the kingdom of heaven but that's not what the bible is saying it's talking about poor in spirit what does it mean i believe from a jewish context translate ng bible from a new testament from greek they are aramaic speaking country but then they translated from Aramaic to Greek, from Greek to English. So amuna siya gin translate. So ang translation wala man dulang essence niya, pero kung basahon mo siya from the Hebrew context, sa aton blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wala siya gawaga resonate. Pero kung intindihon mo gid ang kadadal, mara pinakamadalom yang essence, my meaning. To understand the Bible, you need to understand this from a Hebrew context. So when Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, what does he mean? Because if the perk is the kingdom of heaven, then I would definitely want to be poor in the spirit. But what does it mean to be poor in the spirit? I'm going to show you what it means. To be poor in the spirit, poor in the spirit from the helps word studies. It comes from the Greek word toxos, from toso, which means to crouch or cower like a beggar. Properly, it means bent over. Figuratively, it means deeply destitute or completely lacking resources. Now watch this. It's saying, blessed are not the poor, but the poor in spirit. I believe the Jews understood what he meant. Probably some were offended. What are you saying, Yeshua? What are you saying, Jesus? We are Jews. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. What are you saying? We are lacking spiritual resources. Listen to me, church. Before Jesus even began his sermon, his introduction goes like this. We cannot even enter into this new covenant until you start realizing that on your own, you are poor and you could never, ever, ever experience anything that is of God so it is a recognition what is poor poor is having a need that cannot be met so when you have a billionaire but he can't sleep at night he's stressed out and he wants to kill himself he might have the money but he's poor in peace 
every time you have a need that is not meant, that is poverty. Now watch this. What Jesus is saying is this. Before we even begin this Sermon on the Mount that will resonate for all of creation for the next few thousand years, let me open with this. On your own, you are totally destitute and completely lacking in resources. What an arrest that was. When they heard it, oh my goodness, are you saying, ang Ten Commandments ginsunod namun, ang hundreds if not thousands of years ginsubay namun ang tanan ngani, it is not enough. Jesus is saying, no, it's not enough. If you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to realize now, I can't do it. I am poor. And the moment you do that, you are welcome in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if it resonates with you, but sa tao nga nagbalik-balik sa church your whole life, you have been from a religious context, a religious mindset where everything is predicated and motivated by your goodness. I tell you, kung ano klase stress ina madalayas si mo kabuhi. But when you start realizing this truth, on my own, I can't do it. He said, you have to act like a beggar. Anong beggar? Look, look at the definition. To crouch or to cower like a beggar. What is a beggar? Someone who is in need of something and he can't fulfill it on his own. That's why he bends the knee to crouch or cower and says, I can't do it. I need help. Help me. Actually, it's ibang mga lugar magambas lang kung beggars lang. Mercy. Mercy. Can you send me some grace? Can you send me some grace? Mercy. Mercy. In fact, sa old English, kung mag-approach ka sa king, ginatawag nilang king, your grace. Mag-ambalbi ang king, mag-ginapangayos sila, bing, we are, we need of some more conscripts and some more help. Kaya ginaraid kami sa mga bandits, we need your help, your grace. Meaning, ginahambala nila because what they're trying to say is, we don't really deserve this. We're not really on our own good enough for you. But we are asking for leniency and your grace. That's the approach. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you want to enter into this new covenant, if you want to experience the kingdom of heaven, you have to recognize that everything you thought you knew from the beginning is nothing. It means nothing. We have to enter into this in a completely blank slate. You have to tell him, God, on my own, I am nothing. As soon as you realize that, then you now you are ready to enter into the new covenant. Hindi ka pwede magsunod sa new covenant nga may dala ka nga lain-lain nga mga bagahe. Nga may dala ka nga lain-lain nga weight. Nag-lain-lain nga religion. You have to set it aside and say only because of Jesus. Only by the blood. Only by the grace of God I am here. To be poor in spirit doesn't mean naive. To be poor in spirit just means on your own. You need to recognize I am completely lacking resources. Because here's the truth. Pati ang Old Testament saints, ang ila kaluwasan, nasandig pa sa himuon ni Jesus. If Jesus failed, din mention again ni Pastor Jess one time, Bible study namun last, last year siling niya. Kung one time lang, nag-decide bi si Jesus, ah sige, grabe naman hinimuan ko. One time lang, ah, pasugtan ko na lang niya. Anak ko, once lang magsalak lang si Jesus once. 
Hindi lang kita ang hindi makabatong kaluwasan, kundi pati ang tanan nga nagagi before Him would have lost that power or the ability. Everything is hinged on the payment of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now watch this. That's why Jesus is saying, if you want to enter into this, imagine ang mga Hudiyo, super proud sila. Mga kabataan sila ni Abraham, sino ka para maghambal ang tanan nga to, wala to pulos. Aban Jesus, no. You have to understand, you are poor in spirit. But here's the best part. When you realize that, it is actually a blessing. Meaning, kung realize mo na, it is a sign that you are blessed. Because poverty really is just having a need, but having no means to fulfill it. Outside of Jesus, hindi tani masarangan. Outside of Jesus, we can do nothing. In fact, in John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Watch this. For without me, you can do nothing. Anong nothing? You can do nothing that bears any spiritual value. Outside of Jesus, everything you do does not carry value. Outside, outside of Jesus, it carries no spiritual value. Outside of Jesus, it carries no spiritual value. Kapamati ko sa Pope, well, I, I, I'm not against the Pope or anything. I actually kind of like him in some ways. Kaya ka open-minded siya. Pero kisa may mga release sila mga statement ng dating amun ni. Ngayon, basta mayo ka lang na tao. Ang importante, like you're a good person. Listen, the gospel is not about making you a good person. Because no one is good, Jesus said, but God. No one is good but God. So the aim of this church is the same aim as the gospel. It's not to modify your behavior. It's to help you realize that on your own, you can do nothing. On your own, you can do nothing. Dapat ang bilog mo kabuhi. Pagbugtaw mo palang sa aga, pasalamat ka na sa Diyos. Because on your own, you can do nothing. Nothing that you ever have, spiritually speaking, is because of your own merit. Without me, you can do nothing. So either it's done through him or nothing is ever done. Either it's done through him or nothing is ever done. You can do nothing of spiritual value. Ang tanan mo nga kaayuhan, asta lang na di. Di pastor si Bill Gates, grab billion billion na ang ginbutangi sa charity. Si Warren Buffett, Listen to me, si Warren Buffett, si Bill Gates, grabing ang mga philanthropists ng kalibutan, we applaud them for that, but listen to me, all of that will not last forever. Because if they don't have Jesus as their Savior, it does. Pastor, si okay malang naguro kay miga ko to, bala buot gito siya, nami gina siya nga tao, wala sang buot nga tao, wala sang mayo nga tao. In fact, sa tutod lang, bisan ikaw pa pinakamalain batasan, basta may Jesus ka. Batian yun ang statement sa unang giskwela pa ta. The line goes like this, God helps those who help themselves. You know why? What it means? Actually, gets ko. Mayong iya konteks. Ang namin niya sina, hindi ka magtinamad. Kaya kung magtinamad ka, hindi ka mag-ayuhan. Amo mo hindi ka pabuligan sa Diyos kung tamad ka. So, pagpisanan mo kay ginabuligan sa Diyos, ang ginabuligan nila, kagulingo nila. 
But if you're going to look at it theologically, God doesn't help those who help themselves. He helps those who declare their helplessness without Him. Ang intention sa Diyos, hindi magbulig sa tao na magsiling ginoo, ari na ko, halfway na ko, ikaw na lang tapos ang tunga. No, it's not how God is gonna step in. If you want God to step in, you have to say, Lord, on my own, I am nothing. On my own, I can do nothing. It's either all God or none at all. It's either all Jesus or none at all. Why? Parang wala kita sang ipabugal sa atun kogalingon. That's why I know I'm a good preacher. I know that. That's my gift. That's what God gave me. But listen, on my own, I am nothing. I'm nothing more than a loud mouth shouting here every Sunday. What makes me who I am? It's not my gift. It's not whatever. It is the Jesus that I have in my life. It's all about Him. I'm the worst candidate to be a preacher or especially a pastor. But you know what? It's not about me. It's about Him. Sabi nyo kapila ko nang nabati, kung makonvert lang ng tao, grabe na mo. Wrong. Kung makonvert lang si Injap, grabe, gurumihin mo yan. Wrong. Hindi amuna ang Diyos magmeasure. Wala ang Diyos ka pangita. Pangitaon kung pinakamanggaranon ka, pinaka-influential. No. Pangitaon, pagganis ang Diyos. Ang tao nga sa kaugalingon niya, wala siya ipabugal. Kagamunang bayawon siyang Diyos. Opposite sa kung ng mindset na. Tanungan niyo si Jesus, sanggin pili ang 12 apostles. Ang 12 apostles, hindi nila dusing ang mapudupod na daltadalo niya. Ang dusing na, ang ngalan nila ara sa 12 gates of heaven. Sa langit, sa eternal New Jerusalem, may ngalan ang gate ngalan mo. Ginpili ni Jesus, mangingisda, tax collector. Mga tao nga kung sa kalibutan, do hindi kapasat. God is not going to try to find the best people. He wants those who are willing to say, Lord, wala ko si pabugal sa akun ko, galingon. Ang madala ko si mo, ano Lord, guba ko nga kabuhi, tunot ko nga baga. Wala ko si madala, ang lawas ko puno sang bisyo, ang tagipusuhon ko nga buong sa problema. Wala ko sang dala, ang nadala ko lang Lord, isang akong paglaom sa si mo, ang hope ko sa si mo, I need help. When you do that, that's declaring, I am poor. I am poor. On my own, I can't do it. Now when you say that, welcome to the kingdom of heaven. The end of self is the beginning of God. The end of self is the beginning of God. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Satipiti. Fascinating. And blessed, yeah? What happiness comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty. What joy it brings when you realize that you can't do it. The opposite ni sang motivational speaking. Kaysa motivational speaking, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You're smart, you're smart, you can do it. Pero sa iyasang Bible on your own, you can't do it. But it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Bible says, without Him, you can do nothing. Pero salamat that we are never without Him. The Bible says, what happiness comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty. Isa lang ang kontra ni Jesus sa Bible. Hindi ang prostitute. Hindi ang tax collector. No. Hindi ang mga Roman soldiers. No. Ang kontra ni Jesus sa Bible, ang mga self-righteous, kag mga religious nga mga tao. 
nga pamatsagan lang sa kogalingon nila. Okay na ko. Okay na ko kay ginasunod kong tanan nga loss ni Moses. Amo na ginawali ni Jesus. You still first need to realize on my own. I can do nothing. Count it joyous when you realize that you can't do it on your own. Tanawan niyo ba sa Aramaic, the word blessed are they comes from the Aramaic word to waihon, which means enriched. You want to be enriched? You want to be happy, fortunate, delighted, blissful, content, blessed? You want to experience that? You need to first recognize, I can't do it on my own. I need a savior. On my own, I will fail. I need a savior. Our English word blessed can indeed fit here. But to waihon implies more. It means great happiness, prosperity, abundant goodness, and delight. Tanawan yung pagwali ni Jesus, nakonfuse sila guru pagambal niya. Abundance and great happiness will come upon you when you recognize that you can't do it on your own. Tuka oxymoron, you're saying embrace this poverty but at the same time realize nah, what does it make sense the word bliss captures all this meaning to waihon means to have the capacity to enjoy union and communion with God bliss pag humble ni Jesus ila hindi lang blessed blissful are you if you are poor in the spirit because if you do that, then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know what I love about the message of Jesus? The message is this. You don't have to be much or even more to experience the kingdom of heaven. Can you be less? Remember the story Jesus taught about the sower sowing the seed. Some seeds fell on the wayside. Some seeds fell on thorny ground. Some seeds fell on stony ground and some seeds fell on good ground or good soil. Anong diferensya nila sa good soil? Ang good soil ang mutuong nag-produce harvest. Anong diferensya? The thorny ground, the stony ground, and the wayside ground, they didn't, the only thing they had that the, other, the, the good soil didn't have is they had more. The only thing that the good soil had is it had less. The good soil had less people walking on it. The good soil had less stones. The good soil had less weeds. Oh, you're missing me out, church. Here, here's the point. You don't have to be more. If you can just be less. Not everyone can be much. Not everyone can graduate from an Ivy League education. Not everyone will have a good credential academically. Not everyone will come from a family background of politicians. Not everyone will have millions in the bank. Not everyone can be more, but everyone can be less. The less of you, the more of him. Everything we have is because of the goodness of our God. So he said, blessed are those who are poor in the spirit. Those who recognize, Lord, on my own I can't do this. I am spiritually inadequate. I am spiritually a beggar. I am spiritually poor. 
then you can now take the first step to enter the kingdom of God. Look at how Jesus follows this up. Now that you have decided, he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The way this was delivered, and I've heard this many times, is this. Bulahan ka mo kung gago through ka mo sa mga pain sa kabuhi, kung may mga problema ka, kay kung gamorn ka, kay may problema ka, i-comfort ka sang Dios. That's not it. No. Ang mga problema na ang nagpadala sang pain sa aton, blessing in disguise na. Now that sounds good and it is encouraging, but that's not the point. You're missing the point. In the first line, continuous ni mo, ginduso na sila ni Jesus. On your own, you can't do it. And then he says, watch this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, I looked it up. The word mourn from the helps word studies goes like this. It is from the Greek word pentheo. Properly, it means to grieve over death. Ang namini Jesus, pag mourn, he says pentheo. The Jews who heard him understood what he meant. He was not just talking about the sad things or the storms of life or the moments when you were sad. No, he's talking about death. Death of what? Figuratively to grieve over a personal hope or a relationship that dies or comes to a divine closure or an end. Yeah, you gotta get this. He just pushed them to the end. And he says, Ang tanan tong religion nga feeling mo kaya mo nga mayo-mayo ko gid kay ginobey mong commandments nagasimba ka sabado way gakaon baboy way gakaon kasag way gakaon dugo buot ka gasunod ka sa mga layi abi mo good enough na to listen it's time to mourn it because it's about to die something is about to change and blessed are those who realize that the old is gone and the new is on its way I never heard nobody preach it that way. This is, this is what God showed me. So watch this. He says, mourn. Ang namingid sang mourn nga words na is not mourn to be sad, but to mourn over a death. Who died? What did Jesus mean? This mourning is a recognition that the old is dying and the new is coming. The moment you realize that, that old way is done with. The new way, the better covenant is on our life right now. And the old is dying and the new is coming. This mourning, Jesus, blessed are those that mourn, is a response to a divine closure. Let me show you a passage in Matthew chapter 3. In fact, before Pane, Gamit Nini Jesus Landonja, Matthew 3, 8. 8 to 10. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to, your, to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. This is religious pride, self righteousness. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of two Abraham from these stones. So what Jesus is saying is, ang inyong hope ara sa inyong religion. Mga anak kami ni Abraham. We are a bit believers of the Old Testament. Look at what Jesus says. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown, look at this, into the fire. Now watch this. That part 
of the old that feels like, oh, I am a son and a daughter of Abraham. It's about to be chopped down. Something is about to die. That's why Jesus is saying, blessed are you when you are ready to mourn. Because when you are ready to mourn, then the comforter is about to come and release comfort upon your life. If mourning is blessed with comfort, who gives the comfort? Watch this, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is it's expedient that I go away? For if I go not away, the comforter will not come until the old is dead and done with. The comfort cannot come. See, no comforter? The Holy Spirit. He said, blessed are those that mourn or recognize the death. Of something or someone. Because when you do that, then there's room for the comfort of God to step in. Sa akong nga, pag tuon sa Bible mga uto, sa una, before ko may chindihan ng grace of God, before ko may chindihan ng new covenant, pero may ka lang ga, ga-dribble-dribble ka, old, new, old, new. Tapos may mga contradictions, hindi mo may chindihan kung aga-contradict ini sa amuni. Ang Old Testament, to ka-bloodthirsty. Ang New Testament, sobra ka-loving and merciful. Doon hindi mo, mak- doon hindi mo siya ma- Hindi mo siya ma-put together. Nung sa una ako, nga nabudla yan. Kung gusto mo gani ang tao, review kun, gamit ka Old Testament. Kung gusto mo ang tao, ma-encourage, gamit ka New Testament. Kaya Old Testament, ka-harsh. Sala ka lang gamay, death. You pick up sticks on the day of Sabbath, stoned to death. Pero sa New Testament naman niya, you are caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Anong gini-intention mo gino? And I realized, kung ibutang mugali si Jesus sa focal point sa bilog nga history sa kalibutan in relation to the Bible, then everything starts to make sense. Until ma-realize ang tao nga sa iya ko galingon, hindi niya kaya. Until mag-mourn siya kamagambal nga, the old is done with. The new is here. The Spirit of the Lord could not really come in. Watch. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. This is John the Baptist saying this. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, look, and fire. Balik sa point natin. Blessed are those that mourn. Ang word nga mourn is a recognition of grief over someone who died. Or something that died. Hambali Jesus, the old is dead. Recognize that. Watch this. And when you do that, you will be comforted. Look. God comforts you by dunking you in the fire of the Holy Spirit. This is what I love about the New Testament. When you start realizing that you are in a battle, that you don't need to be able to Jesus. You are not required to pretend to be that strong. Calvary. Find strength in the finished work of Christ on the cross. I'm not enough unless you come. Because all I want is all you are. That's the gospel. I'm not enough. All of the good things I've ever done is not enough. I'm ready to mourn that. 
I'm into the new. The old is gone. The New Testament is mourning the old. The old man is dead, the Bible says. A new man lives inside of you. The old man was buried with Christ in baptism. The new man is here. May bug okay so when you recognize that the old has passed and the new has come, that's morning, then Jesus will plunge you in holy fire. That is your comfort. That is your comfort. You know what I like about this? You, the, the thing that blesses me more than anything about this is this. I measure ka, ikaw, ikaw, pwede si Pastor Ryan, kay Bisan, hindi siya perfect, gawali siya kung Domingo. Ang grading sang Diyos lain. I used this illustration before with the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, right? Pagtandog, virtue came out of Jesus. Ano siling ni Jesus? Who touched me? Ano siling ni Peter? Lord, are you crazy? Like, I mean, the crowd, basahan mo Bible, the crowd was pressing him. Not just following him, pressing him. Meaning, everybody was touching him. But then he said, who touched me? You know, I believe that when Jesus asked that question, it wasn't redundant. It was a genuine question. He didn't really know who did. Bilang tao, wala inintindihan kung sino ito nagtandog siya. Ang nabalaan niya lang, may power na nagwa siya. Did you know that by law, sa law ni Moses, hindi dapat ang babae nga ito magtandog siya? Yeah. Because ang babae nga ginadugo, may pamula nun ceremonially unclean. Pero lain si Jesus. Lain ang power ni Jesus. Ang power, sang, ang, kung tao lang, mahibo siya unclean. Pero si Jesus, opposite. Ang iya uncleanness, wala nagkadto kay Jesus. Ang virtue ni Jesus, among nagkadto sa iya. But this is my best, the best part. He did not have the opportunity to look at this woman and judge her by the law. There was another instance of a woman who was not a Jew and begged Jesus for a miracle. And Jesus said, How is it that a man should give his bread that is meant for his children and to cast it to dogs? He called that woman a dog. And the woman said, Yes, Lord, I am a dog. But even dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Was it unrighteous of Jesus to say that? No, because he was fulfilling the law. Based on the law of Moses, hindi sila the same. Jesus needed to fulfill that. But this woman, Jesus didn't have the time to know who she was. If she was clean or unclean. If she was fit to be in the crowd or not. Power just flow. Here's good news. No matter what you are, who you are, what you've done. If you come and say, Lord, on my own, I am nothing. I need you. You are the perfect candidate for a miracle today. You are the perfect candidate for the power of God to flow on your life. I'm making my last point. This is Matthew 5. And in the entire passage, you would see Jesus push them, push them, push them, push them. He would say things like, if someone asks you to walk a mile, go two miles. In that moment, while they were under Roman rule, Every time Roman soldiers or Roman dignitaries or Roman citizens would come to Jerusalem, they would look at the Jews who were second-class citizens and tell them to carry their stuff, to walk with them. Soldiers would give them their breastplate, their shield, or Jesus, if 
Those Romans that you hate so much ask you to walk a mile, walk two miles. If someone slaps you one cheek, turn the other. We are going to touch all of these things. Not to be anticlimactic or anything, but if you go to the end of Matthew 7, say, Jesus, here's the message. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Imagine the reaction of the Jews. Perfect. Everybody knew that nobody could ever perfect the law. Jesus said, be perfect. And then he ends with this. How many of you is a father? If you're a father, if your son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? No, Lord. If he asks for a fish, would you give him a serpent? No, no, no. If he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Absolutely not. Look at that ending. If you then, being evil, compared to God, your goodness is not enough. It's evil. If kamo nga hindi perfect, sa tubangan sang Dios ang kaayon yu, the wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children. Watch this. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Spirit to them that ask? Well, here's the juice. Wait a minute. We've been taught for 4,000 years. We have to obey these commandments. We cannot wear two types of raiment. We cannot use the two kinds of animals to plow. We cannot eat meat and milk at the same time. We cannot eat anything that is unclean. We have to fulfill the Sabbath days. We have to do all of these ceremonies. Jesus said, no, 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 no. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give to them that ask? Just, just think of their Jewish mind saying, wait a minute, it cannot be that easy. And Jesus says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. For to everyone that seeks, finds. To everyone that knocks, the door will be opened. I, when I look at that, I'm looking at an entire thousands of people stunned in utter silence. Wait a minute. This sounds too easy. It's impossible. And Jesus says, come unto me, all of you who are laboring and all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.